feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Only Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. Well, 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 things do not look good for the Biden family. And if you see where the tea leaves are going and there's a full tree there, it's not just a few leaves, there's a lot of money changing hands. And it just, again, begs the question, why? There are so many questions tonight when we find out these new details about these bank records that have just been released by James Comer. And they really paint a damning, damning picture of the Biden family. Basically, $20 million coming from rogue individuals in Russia, in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan, in Romania. And some of this just looks so, so bad. And just all I can think about tonight is what if they had replaced the name Biden with the name Trump. There is no question in my mind that if we were talking about Donald Trump and his family in particular getting a lot of money, this kind of money, and then these actions happening right around the same time, he would have been impeached about 20 different times. Forget the two. They would have added another 18 easy. I mean, this to me is so damning and it just looks so, so bad. And there are calls tonight on a big way of people saying, you know what? Uh, It is time maybe for an impeachment inquiry. What an inquiry does is essentially gives Congress the ability to get more content, to get more bank records, to get more resources, to get more attention. It's sort of a step towards a potential impeachment. And I actually think it warrants it. There is such serious stuff here. I mean, you look at the timing and we always kind of wonder, well, what's the deal? Yeah, a lot of money came. And clearly the guy is a drug, you know, drug addict. He had a huge drug problem by his own, you know, profession. He self-professed that. I'm not saying that was his business. I'm saying he professed it. And also clearly had a lot of issues with hookers and everything else. Again, he has self-admittedly talked about that. He's been very open about that. I'm talking about Hunter Biden. And you always wonder, well, why were they paying this guy who we all saw way too much of on the Hunter Biden laptop that he still continues to deny? So why were they paying this guy the money? What service was he rendering? What was he doing for such an enormous amount of money? And now we are finding out that it is such transparent in terms of the timing. And that's, to me, very significant because you go, okay, well, what happened for this? What happened soon after that? Was there any favoritism? Was there any deal? And it just looks, again, really, really bad. I always give the president the benefit of the doubt. I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But it just looks darn right dirty. And one example is in particular of this woman who is the former mayor of Moscow's wife. She gives Hunter... $3.5 million. And then soon after that, 
She has a dinner with Joe Biden and others, a very small dinner that now we've heard so much about at Cafe Milano at this very nice restaurant in Washington, D.C. I've been to Cafe Milano. There's a lot of couple little private rooms where you can sort of see, be sealed off and away from everybody. I can almost imagine the exact room that they had this dinner in where there used to be a lot of dinner parties. I went to a number of sort of high level official dinner parties in that room. So I know exactly where Cafe Milano is and this sort of area where they were probably seated and blocked off from everybody else. And why is Joe Biden still continuing in the White House to say that he wasn't at this dinner? Because Devin Archer says not only was he at the dinner, he stayed for the dinner. It's not like he just popped in and said, uh, like Dan Goldman of New York wants us to believe, how's the weather, Hunter? He actually stayed for the dinner, ate dinner, was there the whole time. There are pictures of him with these individuals. And now what we've just learned in the last little bit is that this woman, this Russian oligarch's wife, the former mayor of Moscow's wife, who was at that dinner, well, guess what? Soon before, wired $3.5 million to basically Hunter Biden and his related businesses. Now, doesn't that sound really fishy? And then soon afterwards, she has a dinner with the president of the United States, the vice president at the time. And then also this big Burisma executive, same thing. Guess what? Then he ends up at that same dinner. Boy, it was an interesting dinner. And then there was this guy from Kazakhstan who wires $142,000 to Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden then somehow goes to New Jersey and buys a very nice sports car for guess what? $142,000. That guy was also at the dinner. So again, All of these things happen, and Joe Biden still wants us to believe he has never met Hunter's business partners, never talked about business. That is an absolute lie. Why? You you think all these people are lying? You see the pictures? Uh, And why was it not listed, by the way, also on his itinerary? They've gone back. Reporters have gone back and said, oh, God, let's see about this 2015 dinner in the spring. At Cafe Milano. Guess what? Somehow it's not on his schedule. There's nothing on his schedule apparently that night. So it wasn't listed. And if it's something that's above board, why wouldn't it be listed? Private dinner with. Guess what? It's not listed. So that makes you wonder, too, that it seemed like something that they did not want to have out there. Also, we heard from Devin Archer that he was told by Hunter Biden, guess what? Bring a a burner phone. When you come to visit my dad, basically, at the White House. I mean, does that sound like fishy or what? That's what cartel people use. That's what drug dealers use, are these burner phones. So there's no record of it, no trace of it. And that's what Hunter Biden is telling his father, you know, this this business associate to do when he's going to visit his father at the White House. Does that sound like that's above board? Now that we're hearing the timing of all these things that were laid out just a few hours ago, it is damning. It's really, really damning, and it looks so bad for the Biden family. And they believe now that they are able to trace, this is the House Oversight Committee with James Comer at the helm, that he is able to basically document a total amount of income from foreign sources to the Biden family and their associates. By the way, that does include the Biden grandkids, who I'm sure were doing uh, just a lot of business with uh, rogue Russian officials, especially at such a young age. Can you imagine? 
Wouldn't you if you suddenly saw a rogue Russian official wires money to a grandkid? Wouldn't you kind of go, uh, honey, we need to talk? You know, I, this is just it is so unbelievable. But the panel is now saying tonight that they can get a total of $20 million that basically Hunter Biden and his associates rang in. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And so far, we're not seeing any business that they did other than providing access, uh, according to Devin Archer, to the Biden brand. And the brand was Joe Biden. And it sounds like they delivered. Now, also, there are reports that there wasn't just one dinner, but that there were at least two dinners at Washington's Cafe Milano with then Vice President Joe Biden and his son. Two dinners at the place, and he claims he has never met the business partners. Why is he lying tonight? That's what begs the question. And now this mayor of Moscow's wife, guess what happened? She never got sanctioned. You know, when the whole world was getting sanctioned, especially when everything that was happening with Russia and Ukraine, which is still ongoing now, as we know. Well, Russia is certainly no friend of the United States. Uh, They're certainly not a a nice country. Uh, Putin is certainly a ruthless thug. And this person is extremely close to Putin. So they had a list of people that they were going to sanction. Guess what? This person somehow didn't get sanctioned. And yet the family is one of the closest to Putin, and they clearly know who this person is. Isn't that interesting? The other thing that's really interesting, and this to me makes me want to throw up, um, $120 to $200 million, apparently, according to multiple reports, went into business accounts tied to Hunter Biden, basically money assets, asking you guys manage this money for us. Just a few days before Russia invaded Crimea. How do you like them apples? I mean, that is disgusting. So either Joe Biden is lying through his teeth or he is the dumbest, worst father ever. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. So just a little bit ago, Peter Ducey, the White House correspondent, for Fox News, my buddy Peter Ducey, who I've known since uh, before he was born. I saw him in the womb because I've known Steve that long. So Peter Ducey goes over to President Biden. To his credit, President Biden kind of walks over. Remember, he's called him a stupid son of a bee. <laughs> that was in the past. Uh, but he's a likable son of a bee, I guess, is the way that Biden sees him, right? And he is a very likable guy, Peter Ducey. So he goes over to him. He's at a public event, and he kind of meanders near Peter Ducey. And Peter Ducey finally asks the question that everybody in the media should have been asking for the last few years, quite frankly. And finally asked the question to him about the business conflicts and all these questions about all this money tied to his son and the fact that he has come out and said he doesn't know anything about the business, never talked to his son about the business, any of these things. Listen to this exchange and listen to yet another lie from the president of the United States. There's this testimony now of your son's former business associates is claiming that you we're on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business with anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Thank you. Thank you. Because it's not true. 
That's a lousy question. It's not true. I've never spoken business with my RRRRR. It was kind of hard to hear. So I want to play it again um, because the question is, all this money that's shown up, and listen to again the answer. Here it is. There's this testimony now. One of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business with anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. I never talk business with them. I never, it's like, first of all, he clearly talked business with his son. There's a letter uh, that he has. By the way, I hope uh, that Peter Ducey next time has this letter right in his hand. Next time the president walks by him and goes, uh, what is this letter that you sent? Here to Devin Archer, who is your son's business associate, saying, glad you guys are basically together. Uh, sorry, I couldn't talk at the dinner with or the luncheon with President Hu of China that you basically were at as well. What were you doing there? And you're doing business with China. We know that for a fact. I mean, are we supposed to believe the president doesn't know anything? This, to me, is just one big flat lie. And I, I, I never talk with him about business. No, 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 no. I never did. Never, ever did. So why didn't, why are you saying you never were at the dinner at Cafe Milano? Why is the White House always denied to this day that you were ever at the dinner at Cafe Milano? Why are you absolutely saying you've never talked to your son or his business associates about business ever? Never met them. And there's pictures of them left and right. What is he hiding, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I will take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby Show. Well, I am having double vision. I'm definitely feeling dirty after I saw the Hunter Biden laptop. (laughs) I felt very dirty after looking at that. I learned more about the birds and the bees than my mother ever told me when I looked at that laptop. Whoa! But tonight, everybody is talking about the bank records that just came out a little bit ago from James Comer. And it is stunning, as I talked about, some of what you could now basically say are the actions. The money, then there are actions. And actions basically are access. You could also make the case that skipping over some of these people so they avoided sanctions, that's a big deal. They say big bucks by not being sanctioned. Why is the former mayor of Moscow's wife and the family there that is one of the wealthiest people in Russia, they're going after big money. Remember, Biden said, I'm going to be tough on all the sa- I'm going to go after sanctions. He was such a wimp on the military front early on, remember, with providing Ukraine with assets and doing things. He also said minor incursion. You can contend he opened up the floodgates by doing that, by cutting U.S. energy. He opened the floodgates, supplying the Russian military. There are so many things you could say about that. 
But then he also came out and said, we're going to be tough and sanction all these people. Like that was the big move. And then somehow this person just got skipped over, even though they were clearly on the list. Listen to what conservative commentator Mark Thiessen had to say about this oligarch, again, who paid $3.5 million to Hunter Biden. Take a listen. This is a the wealthiest woman in Russia, wife of the former mayor of Moscow, Putin ally. So according to the WikiLeaks cables about the State Department was was involved with organized crime. Yet somehow she's not sanctioned uh, yeah. by by the Biden administration when they're imposing sanctions on Russian oligarchs. How did that happen? So, you know, there's two lies. If this is all true, that are coming through. One is Biden said he never had it had nothing to do with his son's business de- dealings. He apparently, according to Devin Archer, had dinner with her twice after she paid her son. Mm. And somehow she got a benefit because she avoided sanctions. So if these allegations are true, we're, we're seeing uh, dots being connected that are very serious. And also speaking of dots. Listen to the way that now they're trying to track down all this money through it's like this shell game. Take a listen to Mark Thiessen. Hunter Biden created a web of shell companies that's very hard to untangle. But look, if you're doing legitimate business for somebody, you're providing a legitimate service in exchange for a fee, then the only record should be I sent you an invoice, you sent me a payment directly to me, and I can account for the money. Why would you create a web of companies to to launder the money through? If it's a, if it's all legitimate and you're not trying to cover anything up. So this is this is clearly money laundering. Yeah. Why do you go through such effort to hide it? And then let's go back to the Burisma executive. Remember the FBI informant in that FD 1023 basically says that they purposely hid it, that it would take so many years for people to ever find. And it was five million, apparently, for one Biden and five million for another. Why do you go through this effort if it's legit business? Let's go to Norm. Line two. Norm, I think these numbers are stunning and the dots are being connected. Your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are um, concerning President Biden. I think an impeachment hearing is indicated, but not necessarily impeachment. And why? Because I'm not a vindicative, selfish baby like caller Stan, who thinks any president sitting in jail is good for America. Um, I do care about this country, and that would just be far too stressful and far too hurtful for this country. Wow. You, you know, Norm, I you heard what I said. I think an inquiry, which I think is where you also believe, just to look into it to see it. And quite frankly, I also think, Norm, that it's important that we get to the bottom of it. I flip side think that if indeed it is all true, and right now a lot of this looks really bad, um, but as you get forward with an inquiry, you can either get more information or you can rule things out. You know, it may be helpful to the president, wherever the truth is. That's what matters. But if it turns out that he did do these things, I actually think he should be impeached. If it turns out it's true. We're a long way there, uh, but I think it needs to be looked into, Norm. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. 
And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show, a very powerful story coming from Catskills, New York, where a Rhode Island man was rescued uh, in a lake there last month after his kayak was swamped while he was boating with his eight-year-old son. Now, it happened around 2.45 in the afternoon one day, and a deputy and detective happened to be patrolling Swinging Bridge Lake, which is a reservoir in Monticello, uh, about 17 miles north of the shoreline, seven, with 17 miles of shoreline, rather, when they heard suddenly a child screaming for help. Uh, Deputy Sean Grady and Detective Eric Brayhoff spotted the child and his father, who at that point was partially submerged, and they brought their patrol boat to him. Now, the deputies extended a telescoping boat hook, and the victim was able to grab a hold of it. A pair of nearby residents helped get the victim onto the dock, where the deputies were then able to bring him to shore. Now, the man uh, was said to not be able to swim very, very well. The boy, apparently, by the way, was wearing a life jacket. He managed to swim free. His father was not wearing a life jacket, uh, and his legs got tangled, and he had trouble keeping his head above water. So when the officials got there, that deputy and the detective, they got there just in the nick of time. Thank goodness for that eight-year-old boy who was able to scream, which helped him from drowning and saved the life, not just himself, but of his father. Uh, the sheriff there saying in Catskills, quote, we were very fortunate to avoid a tragedy in this case. Well, bravo to uh, what was a routine patrol uh, and hearing a young boy screams, which saved his life and also his dad. And great work uh, by the detectives and others there in the Catskills, a beautiful area of New York, which I love. Well, we are talking about what looks like a really dirty system going on by the Bidens. Today, released just a few hours ago, committee chairman, House Oversight Committee chairman James Comer released information on bank records and it shows that a lot of money came and we're talking millions upon millions of dollars totaling about 20 million dollars going to various biden family members the grandkids uh, i'm sure that they were doing a lot of business in kazakhstan uh, have you seen them they're little <laughs> and oh boy they must be uh menza they must be really really brilliant uh, to be able to do uh deals in kazakhstan and russia and china at that age they really, really, they need to be, uh, you know, top of the heap there. This is amazing. And when you see it again of the timing, and it just begs the question, why is Joe Biden, why is the White House not being honest about this? It looks really bad, and boy, it just stinks. And the timing of getting access to the vice president, what was said at those dinners? Now we understand there were two dinners at that Washington, D.C. restaurant. Why is Joe Biden not saying the dinner ever happened? Why is the White House denying that it ever happened when there's photos of it? Now, Devin Archer, the former best friend of Hunter Biden and business associate, testified, yeah, he was there. I saw him. He stayed for the whole dinner. It was a small dinner. I mean, you know, uh, there there is something so wrong with all of this, and we clearly need to get to the bottom of it. And that's why I do think it is important at this time that there is at least an inquiry or something with further investigation. Again, let's get to the bottom of it. The American public deserves to know the absolute truth. If the president was for sale and selling access, that's unseemly. No member of Congress 
should be doing it, let alone at the time the sitting vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, here is Congressman Scott Fitzgerald. Take a listen what he had to say. This is before the bank records came out. And boy, uh, they blew the lid off of everything that the Biden family has been saying. Take a listen. I think one of the other things the members are looking for right now is uh, for Congressman Comer, who's been doing a great job of methodically going through these bank records. I mean, everyone's kind of waiting to see, did they take the money? Did Joe Biden take the money? Is the money in the accounts? I mean, we're at that level of scrutiny at this point to see, are are we able to to prove that? And if we are, there's no doubt that there's going to be not only an inquiry, but I think an impeachment trial that'll move forward sometime this fall. Wow. So he is saying that he believes an impeachment trial later this fall if the goods are there. And here's a little bit more of what he had to say. He said that Congress has an obligation to look into this, which is true. Take a listen. We have a responsibility per the Constitution of oversight. And along with that, the committee structure of not only oversight, but judiciary and certainly ways and means, we we uh, we have a duty uh, to do this. So, you know, I understand what the leader's saying, but the problem, I think, is that, uh, you know, if we don't do the impeachment inquiry, which simply puts the resources in place and, and the ability to do an impeachment in place, uh, then we're shirking our responsibilities. That's a great point. Congress is put there to look into unethical behavior to have it investigated. They have a duty to look into it. And quite frankly, if I'm the Biden family, I would say have at it if they really didn't do anything wrong. But it sure looks bad. All these shell games and shell companies. It just looks so suspicious. And now we're hearing about activities that happened soon after the money flowed in. And of course, the fact that all that money went in right before Russia invaded Crimea And then now with the sanctions issue, you would bet these people would be top of the list. The former mayor of Moscow's wife, very close to Putin, not on the sanctions list in this latest encounter with Russia. That sure seems like favorable treatment. And let's go back to the Burisma prosecutor who got fired. Biden said it himself at the Council of Foreign Relations. Son of a bee. I basically said I was going to withhold aid. Uh, If you don't do this within X hours and son of a bee, he got fired. And that was the guy investigating Burisma, where his son was on the board. Somehow, the vice president left that detail out. Here is Congressman Byron Donalds, and he says this really stinks to high heaven. Through the account scheme that the Biden family set up when Joe Biden was vice president, the money is filtered through different accounts, uh, different members of the family are getting checks, etc. And so that's what that is what you see consistently as you go through this. We're in the process of continuing our work of now going through subpoenas for some of these financial documents so we can track the money down. The White House says Joe Biden never got a dime. I don't believe it. And at the end of the day, if Hunter Biden was spending money for his dad on behalf of his dad his dad doesn't have to take a dime that's facilitating a bribe from the president of the united states through his son and that's the point by the way many of you know i host cats and cosby also with the great john katsimatidis and judge weinberg who's with us all the time in the studio there was saying the money is not the issue if he facilitated access to his father selling his father's name that is enough 
So it's not doesn't have to be, okay, here's the money directly into Joe Biden. If the payoff was access to Biden, was knowing that Biden could change policies, all those things, that is enough. Uh, So that's pretty substantive, guys. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank from Ontario. What does Ontario think of Looney Kazooneville in Washington, Frank? (laughs) (laughs) This is hilarious. This is, like you said, and I, I totally agree with you. I didn't agree with your first caller saying impeachment. No, impeachment inquiry and impeachment are two different things. They impeached Donald Trump for a phone call to the Ukraine, and oh, you're not allowed to do that because it was Nancy Pelosi. By by the way, Frank, I got to interrupt you because you know what the phone call was about. The irony of it all was that President Trump was saying to Zelensky, hey, look into this corruption. Inquiring. Yes, yeah, inquiring. Look into, inquire, look at whatever verb you want to use. Look into this corruption. We have heard corruption with President Biden in Ukraine. Is that correct? I mean, how ironic is it that he gets impeached for for an inquiry, as you're suggesting, you know, inquiring, uh, looking into it, and now we're having much more detail about real corruption. In other words, exactly. President Trump may have been spot on back then. It is so, like, I had so much to say to you. I know there was a little bit of delay there. And it's like, it's, it's mind-boggling. Like, do you actually think we're children? And do you honestly don't understand? Like, I deal with it here, too. And Trudeau's done. They're going to call an election here next year. I can guarantee it. And he's going to get smoked. Because the same crap is going on here because he thinks like Biden. And I feel sorry for Mr. Biden. I feel sorry for Mrs. Feinstein. I feel sorry for Hederman. Those people should not be in power. By the way, Frank, I don't feel sorry. I feel sorry, obviously. He clearly is deteriorating from a health perspective. And Feinstein is clearly, too. At 90, she went to the hospital. And, of course, we always wish you know them well. There's no question right, about right. it. I, miss, I wish yeah. them well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I I, well, well. What I'm like, saying, God Frank, is that if he did engage in sort of access to him and his son made millions upon millions, now $20 million. And now we're seeing the timing of it all. I actually don't feel sorry for him then because he was clearly cognizant of what he was doing, especially at the time. Exactly. And he's still doing it. And he's on the weather network doing idiot interviews because they're not asking him the questions that he should be asked because he can't answer. Yeah, he can't. But he but boy, he can sure talk about the weather. Uh, that's why he did the Weather Channel interview today, Frank, of all things. Oh, my God. I would have said, uh, let's uh, since we're talking about weather, uh, is it a question of whether or not you got money through a shell company or whether or not I would have used the W-H-E-T-H-E-R weather instead? <laughs> Frank, thank you. You are terrific. Let's go to Susan, line six. Susan, your thoughts. I can't believe these people feel sorry for Joe Biden when he now he's allowing China to even put military bases in Cuba, 90 miles away. Might as well just put them in Florida, for God's sakes, that that he is selling out our country, our unalienable rights. He is also appointing to the World Health Organization his um, representatives are going to vote to put us under the World Health Organization, which is a, a link to China, to be under 
emergency help um, uh, situations, which is could be climate change. It can even be a potential, just like what China has right now. We're going to be under a very similar um, credit, uh, social credit score, just like they they actually locked Chinese people, the good Chinese people, from the inside. They couldn't even get out of their apartments. So people do not feel sorry. This is a plot that is that is diabolical, and I, I believe an inquiry will bring out more because we don't have a press that actually is allowing the American people. So we need programs like this and good investigative people like you, um, Rita. And this is this is do not feel sorry for someone who's trying to kill us. Yeah. And by the way, Susan, uh, you heard I corrected him, too, when he brought that up and said, you know, he feels sorry. I feel sorry for aging people. I feel sorry for Feinstein. Um, but Joe Biden, absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind that Joe Biden uh, is is lying on a number of fronts. The question is how much and what. Um, but he clearly was aware of his son's business deals. He clearly engaged uh, with some of their associates. To what degree we'll find out, but why is he lying? I mean, it and, and Susan, it defies like common sense. What normal person does business deals and then goes through all these different shell companies? Somehow they end up at the grandkids um, and dealing with basically our enemies. I mean, I mean, if you look at the list, if somebody said, who are the worst people? The only person I've seen him not do business with, Hunter, is uh, someone tied to Kim Jong-un, you know, or, or Iran. Uh, who knows? Maybe they're on the list. But Russia, China, Kazakhstan. I mean, you know, I mean, that this this looks so bad, Susan. And you're right. Um, it's disgusting. And that's why I actually really do think an inquiry is warranted to see where this goes, to get the details. And I think he should be impeached if it turns out to all be true. And right now it looks really bad. And I think uh, it, it's disgusting. There's something so unseemly on so many levels. And you think about all the things that he's been doing to the United States, killing energy production. And yet he's helping his son, according to reports, helping his son with energy, basically China to get a foothold on energy, Russia to get a foothold in energy. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, that's treasonous, if that's true. Um, Susan, thank you. I feel your passion as well. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls right in a few minutes. It's the Rita Cosby Show. On 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And boy, is it damning some of these bank records and the timing of the transfers after then meetings with Biden. So were they buying access? Devin Archer, of course, who testified just a little bit ago, remember it was last week, said Biden was the brand. That was it. 
and that when, you know, Dan Goldman, the congressman from New York, said, well, uh, he was just talking about the weather when he got on the speakerphone. And you could hear, you could see, even in the transcript, that Devin Archer corrected him and said, uh, that was signaling. You know, in other words, uh, don't be too cute. Don't don't say that. Oh, he was just there. We knew what it was about. I mean, and also now that we find out there, he was actually participating in two dinners. Uh, boy, this looks really, really bad. So where is this going? Is it going to an impeachment inquiry? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line one. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Hi, Rita. You know, I have to pose a question to those two vipers with their fangs spewing their venom that like to call your show. Uh, Which ones? Which ones? We've got a lot of vipers. Well, one one is (laughs) vipers, vipers and and diapers, vipers and diapers. One one is from Forest Hills, and the other one uh, claims to be a math professor. So, um, but anyway, I, I want to ask them a question: How can they deny the evidence? How can they deny the facts? How can they deny the proof, the witnesses, the documentation, the paper trail, the bank records, the money transfers, the money laundering? And now this pot of gold keeps growing. Now it's twenty one million dollars. Right. And they have not even gotten all the bank records yet. Right. I, you know what? Yeah, I'll give an answer. Right? You know, I, I don't know what they would say. And by the way, Jacqueline, I love hearing from everybody, whether we agree with them or I agree with them or you agree with them or not. But um, but um, I think that it, they just it, it's sort of this this blind spot, which a lot of people have. I mean, like if you look at the Democratic Party today, 99 percent of them go, oh, so what? You know, like, like, I feel like it could be lightning outside and they would say, oh, no, it looks sunny. You know, I mean, that, they just look at the world through like, you know, these sort of fake glasses. And, and I don't mind if justice was fair, if it was equal. Uh, but they are in, like you just said, complete denial, you know, and I don't know if anything would change it. You know, I honestly don't. And what they also do is they take a page out of the Biden crime family playbook, which is, Every time more evidence incriminates the Biden crime family, they turn it around and they want to hang Trump. They want to indict Trump. They want to throw more at Trump. Yet I have yet for either one of them to specifically mention or state any evidence or any documentation of any criminal activity that President Trump has ever committed. Well, and that's the thing. You just see the pylon against Trump. And by the way, there's word that uh, the Georgia case may be coming next week. So that would be number four, number four indictment. They're going to add another 400 years to him. You know, that that's what they're trying to do on the sentence. It's unbelievable. And just like you said, uh, the, the scales of justice are so uh, disjointed on one side and so inflated on one side. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, nothing to see there. Uh, which is why the fact that though the they seem to be making a concerted effort, the White House trying to respond, they even put out a statement today uh, after these bank records came out saying, oh, there's nothing connecting Joe directly. Um, I mean, all of these things, you could tell that they're almost in spin control because I think they know that it looks so bad. And if you look at some of the new polls, uh, Joe Biden ran on being Mr. Moral, Mr. Ethical. And uh, he is tanking in the polls on that. And that's Republicans, Democrats, independents, because 
I don't think you look at him as the immoral authority by any means anymore. So this is damaging him and they know it. And the more details come out, the worse it looks. Uh, Jacqueline, thanks so much. Let's go to Rocco in uh, Saratoga. Go ahead, Rocco. Hello, Rita. It's a pleasure, as usual, to be speaking to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Finally, step by step, inch by inch, we're getting to the truth. Even NPR and the regular media are starting to call out Biden a little. Inch by inch, step by step, diaper Biden, baby baby Biden is going to go down. The only thing is then Carla Harris is president. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, cackles. That's almost as well. Yeah, that's you know what? But you're right. It seems like it is getting closer. And by the way, Rocco, I don't take any delight if if it's true, because if it's true, uh, this means that our president has been on the take, uh, has been bribed, influence peddling. I mean, if you look at sort of the high crimes, uh, you know, and misdemeanors, you know, the high crimes that they actually add to impeachment. This is it. This is it. It's bad. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Because smelling sweet. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, well, it looks like uh, another indictment is right around the corner. Fulton County, Georgia, that is where they're looking into election interference by Donald Trump into the Georgia part of the presidential election, the state election there uh, tied to the federal. Uh, So that is why it's under Georgia law, because each state, of course, is in charge of counting the votes and checking the votes. And this is tied to Donald Trump and his allies trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election, questioning the results. Well, Fannie Willis, who is the district attorney there, basically the lead prosecutor there, essentially indicating that it looks like uh, the grand jury is going to be meeting next week. And that means as early as next week, another indictment could be coming down against the president of the United States. These would be state charges again, because it would be coming from Georgia, Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis. Now, remember, the district attorney there uh, clearly has been anti-Trump from the very, very beginning. Georgia, also Fulton County. I think it was about 25% voted for Trump, so it's not necessarily a favorable plateau for Trump. Neither is New York, neither is Washington, D.C., where uh, two of the three existing cases are coming from. Of course, the other one from Florida. Uh, But what is also interesting, some new news tonight coming, that it may be multiple charges that the D.A. in Georgia is seeking potentially more than a dozen indictments when she presents her case regarding Donald Trump next week. Uh, I guess 78 wasn't enough. I guess they got to make it uh, 90 or try to get a zero on the end or something. Um, Fannie Willis, who is a very well-known Democrat, 
uh, has been looking also, apparently, this is interesting, into conspiracy and racketeering charges. And that is very significant because that could allow her to bring a case against multiple defendants, basically showing RICO, that it's essentially widespread, that it is Many others involved. It could mean going after other people close to President Trump in addition to the president. Uh, of course, the president has said that phone call to then Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger, he says, was a, quote, perfect call uh, that he was saying, hey, find these votes for me, that he believed that the setup was not done well there and that it wasn't done properly. Find the legal votes. Uh, so. It's interesting. That is his take on it. Of course, the Georgia officials say that he was trying to create votes. So it is going to be really interesting. Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, the great constitutional scholar, has said that he believes the Georgia case is not a strong one. He believes the RICO part in this racketeering conspiracy could get really ugly because it gets very complicated if it goes into that terrain. But that call to Brad Raffsenberger, which is sort of at the heart of it, he's always believed uh, would not be harmful to Trump, that Trump could just say, which he has said, uh, that, hey, find these votes. I don't believe these votes, uh, you know, uh, that the votes there are legitimate. I'd like to see what else is there. See, do a recount, do a check, do all these other things. And that it could also be sort of a First Amendment issue, similar to, of course, the new one that just came from Jack Smith, the special counsel. Uh, but talk about a pylon as we are talking about all these new details tied to Joe Biden's family. Uh, again, new word that the Georgia District Attorney, Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, uh, is expected, reports saying, more than a dozen indictments when she presents her case regarding Donald Trump and his allies tied to the 2020 presidential election results in Georgia, again, a state case being presented to the grand jury next week, meaning that charges could come as early as next week. So we will definitely keep you posted on that. Also, lots of new news on the migrant front. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York saying New York is busting at the seams. There are now more and more people protesting at different locations. Many parents saying, oh, why are you taking my kids uh, soccer field? Uh, or why are you kicking out my grandmother out of a nursing home to make room for migrants? There was a migrant uh, who's been quoted talking about how great the pool is, how great the food is. Uh, somehow that's not sitting well. Uh, with New York taxpayers, understandably. And now Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, just put out this price tag of what it's basically going to cost New York City. And he says by the end of, say, like the fiscal year, like June 2025, listen to the number that it will cost U.S. taxpayers, New York City taxpayers who didn't vote. You know, when they picked a mayor or when they were picking local officials, they didn't say, yeah, you know what? Kick granny out, kick my kids out of soccer, and I want to use my tax dollars for illegal migrants. And listen to the price tag that it is going to cost New York City. If things do not change, we expect to have more than 100,000 asylum seekers in our care by the end of June 2025. Drive-in projected spending to $6.1 billion in that fiscal year if we do not change course. That means over the course of three fiscal years, our city is projected to have spent more than $12 billion. $12 billion. 
that is an enormous whopping price tag. No city can afford that kind of money. They're already talking about cutting services in New York City uh, as a result of this. How is that fair? And then we've heard the mayor basically saying, you know, it's all of our responsibilities, not just his. It's all of our responsibilities. It's not our responsibility to pay for migrants. I mean, when did it become our responsibility? We didn't bring them in. We didn't say have a sanctuary city. What a total, total mess. And we're going to be taking your calls on that. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And also later on in the hour, uh, we are finding out that we are paying the Taliban $2 billion so far as what we spend since the dismal withdrawal and more to come. Why are we paying some of the most ruthless thugs in the world? So much to talk about in this hour on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, everybody is asking tonight, what happened to basically the grandkids of Joe Biden to get suddenly millions and millions of dollars? Why did Biden family members receive tons of money from these rogue entities And now we have seen the bank records that are coming forward. This is uh, sort of the third drop of bank records, if you will, from James Comer, head of the House Oversight Committee. And boy, are they damning. They paint a picture of suddenly money coming into Hunter Biden, other Biden family members and their associates. And then suddenly, according to James Comer and others, then there's this meeting with Joe Biden and these business officials. Whether it's at a casual dinner at Cafe Milano, which sounds like he sat and had dinner and it was probably an opportunity to talk business or at least get a chance to spread the word and talk to them about something for a while. But why is Joe Biden not saying that he's been to that dinner? Why is the White House continue to say he wasn't at that dinner? What are they covering up for? And why suddenly, when especially this former mayor of Moscow's wife, this very wealthy oligarch, suddenly she gives $3.5 million to Hunter Biden and his associates, and then soon afterwards is this dinner that apparently his father went to, that sure sounds like paying for access to then the vice president of the United States. This looks so damning. It looks so bad. And if the Democrats continue to say nothing there, Uh, I'm going to say whatever drugs they're on, it's some really good, strong stuff, because right now it looks really bad for the president. And we just need to get to the truth. We need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, But boy, is there a lot of smoke right now and a lot of stuff that absolutely, I think, needs to be investigated for the American people so they can have confidence that our current president isn't for sale. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, uh, Let's go to Pete, line one. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, how are you, Rita? I'm on Honestly, fire because this is getting ugly. And it's getting ugly. I loved what Donald Trump saying, don't call him fatso, you know? Oh, oh my God. You're talking, about, uh, you're talking about the uh, Chris Christie comments, right? Uh, boy, he's, yes, he is, he's throwing mud left and right. And, and now also, I don't know if you saw this, Pete, because now on the other end, um, Pence is saying, uh, I hope Trump has the courage to debate. So they're trying to bait him because they know that he doesn't want to look like, uh, you know, like he's weak. But but most people That's, will tell you I don't think he's going to debate Pete. He, he when when he talked with me and John Katsimatidis a few months ago, it didn't sound like he was going to debate. 
Why would he debate? He's on the lead. That would only always got to have is somebody uh, get you one of them gotcha questions. And the point of it is anybody on any day could make a mistake. We know that from Tex Antoine and things like that. And you're fans. right. There's no upside. There's there's that. no upside. One uh, Pete, one right. you are you are one thousand percent correct, my friend. Uh, there's there's no benefit to him, and there's only a downside, and there could be some gotcha and it. And let them debate amongst themselves. And then maybe he decides to come in maybe at the end of the primary or when it gets to the general. Maybe he'll sit out all the primary ones. If you're such, you know, a huge lead, there's no upside. Uh, and, and so I, I actually don't think he will, at least not the first one. I think for sure not the first one. That's my gut. Uh, thanks so much, Pete. Always love speaking to you. Let's go to Dave in Lockport. Dave, your thoughts about all this stuff with the Bidens. Yeah, hi, Rita. A couple of quick comments and a riddle. Uh, First, uh, my dad was a veteran. He was in uh, World War II. He was at Normandy in the Battle of the Bulge. I was a veteran. My 18th birthday, I was in boot camp, and my son is a veteran. Thank you. By the way, thank you for for now three generations of service. How beautiful. Um, And Dave, you may know, too, that my father was um, saved, they believe, through folks who came through Normandy, ultimate, you know, U.S. troops. But a lot of the guys yeah. who in the Battle of the Bulge were in my dad's POW camp. Those, unfortunately, the guys who were captured. Um, so yeah, well, I, I have anyway. such a soft spot. Thank you. Yeah, but anyway, that's just a quick note. Well, that's but, an, uh, by the way, Dave, it's an important note because it says a lot about you and your family. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. But that's not the point. Uh, none of us are happy. I'm sure my dad wouldn't be happy with the state of things right now. Um, and I believe that if half of the things that uh, are alleged are proved, that I think the Bidens, uh, Hunter and Joe in particular, should be brought up on charges as traitors and executed. And the other thing is, uh, I executed. To, hey, Dave, you sound yeah. like you're like, uh, are you, is this a scene out of like, uh, I don't know, a Patriot Games or something? You know, I, no, don't you know. I mean, that, 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 that doesn't happen anymore, Dave. Oh, no, it happened to uh, the local boy here from Western New York. Uh, he was executed because he blew up the Morrow building. Well, that's okay. a, that, by the way, by the way, uh, I hear where you're going. You're talking about Timothy McVeigh, um, who was responsible and had zero regrets uh, for blowing up the Alfred P. Morrow building in Oklahoma City. Um, and uh, and obviously uh, anybody who would do that, especially with uh, what he called the kids collateral damage, uh, that certainly fit the the crime, you know, beyond that even more. You know, if there was other punishment that could have been done. But we don't do that with presidents anymore. But but I hear your anger and frustration just about the issues, because if indeed he did do this, Dave, it is treasonous and it is uh, traitorous. And I think. That's why I think it needs to be investigated, because right now it looks it just looks so unseemly. And the more details that come out of the timing of these meetings and the fact that they continue to deny that he's had any contact with them, uh, it, it just it looks horrible. And we deserve the truth. The American public deserve the truth. And and I agree uh, we have different means, but I would just I would say that he should leave the office um, if indeed uh, this is true. Uh, again, we're a long way from there, but 
it surely looks bad, Dave, and I will give you that. And again, thank you again for your great service, your father's, um, and also your son's too, Dave. Thank you. We're going to continue with your call. Uh, Dave's on fire. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Well, New York is definitely at a tipping point. Uh, They are so frustrated and so overrun with migrants. Uh, The problem is uh, there doesn't seem to be a self-awareness from Democratic officials that they created the crisis. They said, hey, come on in. It's a sanctuary city. And now they're wondering why they're all coming to New York and busting at the seams, telling us it's our problem uh, that we all have to do our part. We didn't ask for all these illegals to come where they're now kicking out individuals in senior citizen homes, uh, taking over soccer fields so kids can't play soccer. Listen to also, here's a group of demonstrators uh, at one location in New York. Here's a rally that took place last night. Well, you can tell that residents are getting mad and getting frustrated when they're hearing that migrants are getting all these freebies and taxpayers are not even to able to get the basics for their kids, like recreation for the summer. They're taking over so many locations. It is nuts. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll talk about that after the break. In the meantime, we're talking about Biden. Uh, let's go to Jerry. Line seven, Jerry, your thoughts about the bank records. Boy, are they a doozy. Well, Rita, before I get to that, I'd like to say something that a lot of lawyers on the media, in the media, um, have not made clear. Even the Trump state cases, for example, come under federal law and meaning that they can also be dismissed by the Supreme Court if we can just get four people to take expedited certiorari and then get a fifth vote. And we have a problem because we don't know where Barrett and Kavanaugh's going. I'm afraid Roberts is going to go with the three liberals. No, but you're right. It could, if it gets right. to the Supreme Court, they have well, the authority. We just have about a minute here. Go ahead on okay, the other points, sure. but that's a great so, one. On I'm glad point, you said it. I, it. It dovetails this, what I was saying. I think the point is that GOP, the, the goal here is to win the election for Trump. Hurting Biden and then Trump being in jail, which is my prediction because of what we have, bad jury, bad system, uh, tainted. Uh, We're going to have him in jail and they're going to take him off the ballot. Make no mistake about that. I've been right for a year. I've called in and I've been consistent. I've been telling everyone he's going to be tried. He's going to be put in jail and he's going to be off the ballot in a lot of states. They're going to do it. So if the Supreme Court doesn't step in, then basically we're not going to get anything done. Now, the GOP needs to do three things. They need to say we're not going to fund the FBI and DOJ in September. We're not going to do it. 
we're willing to stop our investigation of Biden and you should stop and wasting money on the investigations for Trump. And we should have 160 million people make a decision after the election. We can get back into those uh, investigations if we want to. And at the same time, Trump's lawyers should ask for expedited Supreme Court. By the way, those are great points, Sorry, We're coming up against a hard break, but those are all interesting points. Um, I don't think any of those investigations are ceasing, though. It's going to be a wild year. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Texas, where a number of individuals were honored to 12 Purple Heart recipients, and they were honored a very special ceremony where they shared their stories of bravery, courage, and struggles as residents there also recognized their gratitude. It was not a ceremony, they said, when they were going through everything. We were out in the middle of the jungle, and many of them, Vietnam veterans, felt that when they came home, they were not appreciated. Uh, One of them saying, when we came back from Vietnam, first of all, they told us, don't ever wear our uniforms because people would spit on us. They were calling us baby killers and a whole lot of other things. It wasn't until the early part of 2000s that they recognized us and they were not unique. Many people said that they had such a difficult, tough time after coming back from Vietnam. And now they feel so grateful that they are appreciated through and through. The mayor of the Midlands town said uh, it is now trying to make up for time when veterans couldn't be thanked. This is our way to let them know we love them. We appreciate them. We've always appreciated their service and always thank the men and women in the armed forces. Never forget their sacrifice. Uh, one of them also, uh, the mayor there declared August 6th Purple Heart Day in the town of Blythewood during the ceremony as a way to honor veterans every single year. And of course, you know how we feel here on the Rita Cosby Show. I love doing our Support Our Heroes segment because I feel like every day should be a day where we honor our great veterans and their families. Well, we've been talking about the chaos with President Biden. Lots of questions there tonight. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking about the money that has gone to the Taliban. It is just shameful and it is just disgusting uh, when you hear the big money that has gone to the Taliban since our pathetic withdrawal, which I contend was one of the most dismal, horrible times in American history. Uh, but speaking of dismal, it is a mess in terms of handling the migrants. And that goes for New York and almost every city in America. Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, putting an astounding price tag, how much it is costing New York. Now, let's not forget He advertised that it is a sanctuary city. He said, everybody's welcome. Everybody can come to New York. And then, wow, surprise, surprise, they actually came, you know, and they keep on coming. Guess what? The border is wide open. 
So here is an astounding number coming from Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, a little bit ago at the cost that it is costing New York City taxpayers. Let me put it in perspective for New Yorkers. For each family seeking asylum through the city's care, we spend an average of $383 per night to provide shelter, food, medical care, and social services. With more than 57,300 individuals currently in our care, on an average night, it amounts to $9.8 million a day. Almost $300 million a month and nearly $3.6 billion a year. Did you hear that? $9.8 million a day. We were hearing it was $8 million, now it's up to close to 10. And they are predicting by next year the cost would be over $3 billion. Uh, basically, uh, if you total it all together, uh, it comes out to a whopping, I think it's $12 billion total by the end of next year. That is an unbelievable number. How can you sustain that by June, which is the end of their fiscal year? $12 billion. Uh, how do you feel about that, New York City taxpayers? Are you happy that that's where your money's going? And then he actually had the audacity. I think this was really over the line. I felt very uncomfortable with the way the mayor said this. This was yesterday. His comment saying, it's everyone's responsibility to take care of the migrants. Remember, the migrants are now filling up senior centers where seniors are getting potentially kicked out in Staten Island. You see soccer fields like Randall's Island in New York basically being overtaken so kids can't do recreation. Migrant tents are being set up there for about 2,000 single adult men. None of these people have been vetted. We don't know where they're from. We don't know who they are. And yet taxpayers are bearing an enormous burden. And think about the health security issues, the health risks, the national security threats. Uh, I could go on and on. These people are not checked. What are we doing? And listen to what Mayor Eric Adams has to say. Whose responsibility it is? It's yours. This is a moment where people need to stop asking Eric what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? We can't do this alone. This is an all hands on deck. The dollars coming in are not equaling the dollars that we have to pay going out. So we're going to do our part to the best of our abilities within the financial restraint. But we have a real call. We need every New Yorker that has something to offer to play a role. This is not Mayor Adams' job. This is the job of the people of the city of New York, and everyone should participate in that. Through New York City Cares, through the 100 um, nonprofits that we are part of, uh, through all the other groups, everyone needs to be a part of that. And I'm not going to allow anyone to allow this moment to go past without asking, what are you doing to help people who are in need right now? So, everybody, what are you doing to help the migrants? As opposed to American citizens. That's basically the question. I find that deeply offensive. 1-800-848-9222, especially now that we are knowing the cost of all of that. Uh, let's go to Chuck. Line eight. Chuck, your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Great talking to you. Okay. He is totally clueless. We have, you just said 2,000 people they are going to put out in tents out there. Why don't we put them in the Army? 
That's a great idea. Give them a sense. You know now, now, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you why that may not be a good idea. And, and, and I'll explain why. I actually thought it was a good idea. Um, I just actually recorded an interview, uh, with Councilman Robert Holden, New York City Councilman. You know, he covers a Queens, great guy, Democrat, but conservative Democrat, usually votes quite often with the Republicans. Um, this is what he said. I actually suggested this in the conversation with him. And he said, uh, you know why? Because then you get access to a lot of the sensitive material. If we don't know who these people are and they're not vetted, which they aren't, and it takes a long time to vet them and process them. If you put them in the military, what about those guys who got infiltrated by the Chinese? Remember the guys in San Diego? I, you don't, you don't really want to put somebody who we don't know who they are or their criminal background or who they're really working for or not working for, or what they're doing uh, near sensitive military equipment. I mean, maybe you put them in a restricted area or a rock quarry or something like that, but uh, you got to be careful where you put them, which is an interesting point. Your thoughts, Chuck? The military has to step it up, vet these guys. They don't make it through boot camp. You send them back where they came from. Yeah, yeah. Put them through, by the way, Navy SEAL training with uh, with my buddy Rob O'Neill, uh, the guy who took out bin Laden. Let's see if they last like five minutes. If they can handle that, uh, then maybe you say, oh, maybe they're worthy of. Uh, but, you know, it's an interesting point. Chuck, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Eddie. Line four. Eddie, your thoughts. Hooray. I finally get to talk to Rita. Eddie, we well, love you. How could we not have a night talking to you? Go ahead. No. Oh, my gosh. Rita. So don't push the button on me because I have something to say to you at the end of when I talk to you. So we're looking at the border. Yeah, make it make it quick, Ed. We got a lot of calls. Go ahead, Ed. Okay, okay, the border is that what you want to look at? Yep, go ahead. Okay, so Donald Trump, you know, so it's the border's like the Titanic, and I think Trump could be the guy that could actually save the Titanic from sinking. He really could. He could. And I don't understand about Biden. The brick wall we have there. One day, my sister will maybe hear the news. I don't care what it takes for John Cassatides to buy CNN, you know, to get through to my sister. And I know that people listen to Biden and nobody can really believe that everything he says is a lie. That's why they believe him. And America, if I was to categorize Rita Cosby as a fruit, she would be a peach. She's soft, she's warm and fuzzy, and she's sweet. But you know what? That With a real peach... It, it drips off your cheek. You know what that is? That's your tenacity. That Thank your you. Your Polish tenacity to kick some butt with those what vi- vi- villains in diapers. I love that you. Make <laughs> Eddie, I you, love you. I love you. If Eddie, I went to lunch with you, it'd become dinner because we talk all afternoon. I we would, it. Eddie. You are terrific, and you are such a sweetheart, and you are a peach as well, my friend. You are such a doll. Thank you, Ed. I always you always put a big smile on my face. Thank you so much. Let's go to Steve on line eight. Steve, your thoughts. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. How are you doing, dear? Um, this is. Well, I was uh, just Mayor called. Adams, a, I was just called a peach, so I'm doing great. <laughs> I well, I'll, I'll I'll take it one further. You're peachy keen. Thank you well, very like, much. Like that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'll take it. I know I'm, I'm dating myself. Well, actually, I don't go back to the 30s. But anyway, uh, this is Mayor Adams' mo. He creates a situation, it turns into a problem, it explodes, and then he expects everyone else to help him and bail him out. It's like digging a hole 10 feet deep, you fall in, 
because you dug the hole 10 feet deep and you, you're crying because nobody's helping you, but helping to pull you out. You know, I thought the Blasio was the worst mayor on earth. It, it, it's unbelievable. You know, uh, this guy surpasses the Blasio. I didn't think that was humanly possible, but I guess it is. Well, and, and, well, and you know, the problem is he's trying to kind of have it both ways and, and you can't, he's sitting there saying, you know, God, why we, we need help. Well, we need help because, you know, you saw them coming. What did you expect? Uh, and also, he's got to put his foot down. And I, this doesn't just go, by the way, for Eric Adams. This goes for every Democrat, everybody, every leader, whether you're Republican or Democrat. They got to put their foot down and say, you know what? Enough. It is time to basically seal the border, uh, Mr. President. And the reason I bring up Democrats is because they can have more impact with President Biden, uh, certainly than a Republican can. But but every logical American needs to come up and say this enough. Uh, and and that's why I think I agree with you. He he had a neon sign and now he's wondering why people were coming to the neon sign. You know, a sanctuary city. Well, guess what? They came. And now you're wondering why is the problem? It is such a mess. Uh, Steve, thank you. You are terrific. Uh, let's go to Tom. Line seven. Tom, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. First it was $5 billion, now it's $12 billion. Mayor Adams has to get some of these migrants to volunteer. If they're not going to join the military, then some must get involved with English as a second language, maybe the volunteer fire departments or ambulance corps or auxiliary police, or, 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 or help each other out to stay out of crime. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, that is a superb point. Uh, something, absolutely. Or work, there's a... a prospect maybe working on federal lands doing something uh they got to do something i mean and they also have to seal the border because otherwise it's never going to stop uh let's go to frazier line one frazier your thoughts how you doing rita good what do you think all right now listen eric adams with these migrants right coming in all right he's saying it's 383 a day now what is he going to do in the winter time Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. We're going to give them jackets, boots, sweatshirts, gloves. You know what I mean? What, yeah, yeah, what, yeah you're right. What, where are they going to stay? They're in 10 cities right now. And if you think we're busting at the seams on 10 cities, uh, you're right. Wait till it gets freezing cold outside. And guess what? Also homeless. We're going to have many more homeless who are going to need shelter because it's going to be freezing. I'm talking about uh, American citizens. This is a mess. Uh, let's go to Al real quick. Line three, Al, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. I just wanted to say quickly that, you know, to put the migrants in residential areas is a real outrage. The mayor has mishandled this. Uh, it's good that last night I heard on Katz and Cosby that they had a big protest in Queens, and people can't stand for this. They have to come out and protest because it's only going to get worse. Yeah, you're right. Uh, when will it end? Thank you, Al. Let's go to Veronica. Um, I'm glad to see, as Al says, that people are speaking out and rallying. They got to get out there and protest. Yeah, I have a really dumb question. Why are we paying anything? When these people walk across the border, just let them walk across and let them fend for themselves. Why are we shipping them anywhere? Why are we feeding them? Why are we clothing them? Why are we giving them residence? If they find out they come here and they can't get anything, maybe they go back where they came from. It's an interesting point. But as you know, so many people, particularly those in the Democratic Party, feel like, guess what? Uh, you know what? We've got to take care of them once they get here. And for some reason, they refuse to send them back. Uh, and you have to wonder, what is the game plan? Because why would you make the U.S. so vulnerable? Why would you make all of us so vulnerable? It just does not 
make sense. And when we come back, we're going to continue calls on that. Plus, why are we spending more than $2 million on the Taliban? This is since our dismal withdrawal. Why are we doing that? And guess what? It just came out. This is an inspector general report. $2.35 billion went to the Taliban, the most ruthless regime in the world, after our terrible withdrawal. And then also another basically $2 billion is sitting there available to help disbursements over time. How does that make sense? Why would we be paying the Taliban these ruthless oppressors? We already left them billions of dollars worth of equipment, uh, which was a horrible mistake. And I contend, and we're going to talk about this, the Afghan withdrawal may be what really does in the Biden presidency. It was so bad and such a black eye on America. We're going to talk about that and a lot more. Taking your calls on all of this, 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. On 77 WABC. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. So to add insult to injury, we are finding out that the Biden administration has basically given $2.35 billion to the Taliban since that disastrous withdrawal. And that there's apparently close to $2 billion more sitting available uh, for Afghan reconstruction, as if the Taliban deserves a dime. Think about the billions of dollars worth of equipment and, more importantly, the U.S. lives that were lost. Uh, who could forget this week um, the just gut-wrenching testimony, in fact, of this one Gold Star mother who lost her son. Uh, her son was Corporal uh, Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Marola. He died August 2021. Uh, when that suicide bomber exploded at the Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul at the Abbey Gate. Remember, it's such a horrible, haphazard withdrawal. And here is his mother, Cheryl Rex, talking about what Biden did uh, when her son's body came in in a casket flag draped. It's just disrespect. He just respected all 13 of our kids when they came home. You just can't spend a little bit of time and honor our kids the correct way. You don't check your watch. If you had somewhere else to be, then you shouldn't have been there. Let us be there. Uh, remember that when he was looking at his watch. And then here's a little bit more of what she had to say. I think it's important for the American people and the public to know the truths. Um, we're still waiting for the truths. We get we get question answers to our questions that we can't get straight answers to. We've been lied to since the very beginning, yes. In, in what way? The stories don't coincide. Um, you always believe your boots on the ground and their stories don't retract back to what we've been given the information all the way down to the way our kids have passed away. Wow. And here is General Keith Kellogg uh, saying earlier that this administration has never been held accountable for that withdrawal. There's been no accountability for losing a 20 year war. 
I mean, nobody. And uh, nobody's even had an after-action review. And I looked at those families, and I, the comment I made about those families listening to them was, you are hearing raw emotion. And the raw emotion from those families was it's exactly what you hear when you go to a dignified transfer, when the, when the carrying cases come back at Dover Air Force Base and they come off the aircraft and you go up to those and you, you, the families are in holding rooms and you go into the holding rooms and you talk to them, just let them talk. You just let them get it out. And it's just absolutely gut-wrenching. I remember telling the president one time that, you know, sir, I really hate doing this. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, sir, this is just kicks me in the gut every time. And and for for nobody to, for other networks or people not to listen to what these families went through, it's actually, it's a little, it's almost criminal. And, and I really feel, you know, the fact that we have not really told those families what actually happened at Abigate that day. And it's, again, it's a classic example of this administration just kind of walking past it and not talking about it and hoping that the American people won't care about it. It's been three years and we haven't even had an after action review on it. Not a single after action review and at a time as we're talking about the price tag on migrants and all this other stuff. And I would love to see homeless veterans getting help. Boy, these families, obviously, certainly uh, who lost loved ones there in Kabul, the U.S. officials and all our allies uh, what a mess. And to find out, why is all this money going to the Taliban? Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, that is just, it, it is insane. Uh, let's go to David in West Virginia, line one. David, your thoughts. Yeah, how you doing, Rita? Uh, you know, I, uh, I was in the military, okay? I was in the Navy for two years, okay? And I respect the military. And and my my idea, you know what? I think Biden should be impeached just for that reason. Yeah, by the way, I think it was such a dismal withdrawal. It was pathetic. Uh, thank you for your service, too. Uh, and the fact of the lack of accountability, it's shameful. Let's go to Joaquin real quick in Pennsylvania. Joaquin, your thoughts real fast. Hello, Rita. You know, actually, Trump was not going to close down Bagram Air Force Base. And if you ever look at a map of Afghanistan, it's an extremely strategic Position. You're right. And by the way, uh, guess who's probably hanging out there now? The Chinese. And I bet they also have our weaponry that we left behind. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.